Hey, what's up, everyone? Drew here, and I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for checking out our podcast, 108 North. This is the college podcast for First Baptist Statesboro. And I want to take a quick moment before we dive into the episode to say, uh, if you happen to be a college student in Statesboro, whether you're going to Georgia Southern, Ogeechee Tech, or something in between, you're looking for a community and a church to plug into, we would love for you to come hang out with us at First Baptist. We're downtown, big church, 108 North Main Street. May look a little intimidating from the outside, uh, but we would love love for you to come and worship with us and to learn how to grow. We're all about equipping and making disciples. So we have worship services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in between those at 9.45, we have a college gathering, uh, Bible study that we'd love for you to come join and hang out with. And then if you can't make that for some reason on Wednesday night, uh, we have a college large group gathering that gathers at 6.30 as well. So love for you guys to come hang out with us. If you want more information, there's notes in the show notes and details and links. Uh, and you can always reach out to me. So hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening. On with the show. Hello everyone, Drew here. I hope you're having a great day and welcome to 108 North, our college podcast. I don't know if you're having a crazy week or a chill week, whether things are going really well or things seem like they're falling apart. But it does seem like, for better or worse, we're into the semester now. We're in September now. Uh, You know, the first big round of testing and papers and all of that stuff is due. And I know a lot of college students I've talked to and seen have been more or less stressed out because, quite honestly, the rubber has met, met the road now. And we are walking into the work section of college. It's funny to me because our culture views college so much as this almost uh, experience type thing. It's more about all the extra stuff you get to do. But in reality, it's all about learning and growing. It's all about education, figuring out things, taking classes, making the grades, writing the papers, doing the work. And so I hope wherever you find that you keep doing the work and be encouraged that uh, sometimes it sucks. There's not a better way of saying it, quite honestly. And sometimes it's hard to do, but keep pushing, keep keep driving. And uh, yeah, it's going to be worth it, guys. Hang in there. I know that, like I said, that when uh, things finally kind of... Uh, start ramping up and all the professors, whether intentional or not, decide to pick that one day or that one week to make you do everything, then emotions can get kind of high, right? Like whether it's sadness or frustration, maybe that person who's supposed to do that thing on that uh, group project didn't do it, or maybe, uh, you know, it's 1 a.m., you've got a paper due the next morning and you're just now starting, or you have a massive test and it's all, your entire life depends on it and you're starting to snowball and like get real anxious about everything. Um, let's be honest, guys, emotions, we all deal with them in one way or another. And that's what we're talking about today, particularly the emotion of anger. Have you ever lost your temper by chance? You ever got really, really angry, flown off the handle, said some stuff you regretted, done some stuff? Uh, I don't know about you, but I have two brothers, and uh, I don't think I've ever been more angry than maybe in my entire life than playing Mario Kart and the Nintendo 64 growing up with them. The reality is, is that we all deal with anger. And some of us maybe grew up in, such, uh, in, in families or groups that don't really like to talk about anger. Or maybe anger is one of those things that we think is just completely negative and you're never going to talk about it or deal with it or anything else like that. Or maybe we're somebody who really does deal with anger, and we think that we're always right, and so when we get angry, we just think we're self-righteous in it. Whatever your stance may be, the truth is is that we've all gotten angry before. It's part of the human condition. It's part of where we're at, right? 
and it's usually spurred on from something. Anger just doesn't happen. There's something that's usually triggering it. Someone said one time that anger is a secondary emotion, that there's always another one that kickstarts it into anger, whether that's sadness or uh, a million other different things. Here's my thought, though, for you. Have you ever gotten angry at something really, really dumb? And usually in the moment, we don't realize it's dumb, right? Like, we're ready to die on that hill for whatever it is. But I think we've all gotten angry at something stupid. All picked a hill to die on that maybe wasn't the hill that we should have died on. All gotten angry over something that maybe wasn't as anger-inducing as we made it out to be. It's just part of, again, the human condition. We mess it up sometimes. But then there's this other side of anger, right? There's the side where it's you're getting upset about Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or something silly about your siblings done or not done. Or maybe just getting angry because your tire just went flat or you can't handle something. And then there's this anger that swells up in us when something is just deeply wrong. Maybe you see a news story or a picture of something. You see some great injustice, some evil in the world, and this anger swells up in you. And it's a little bit different, but it's still anger, right? It's this thing that says this isn't how it should be. And I think all of us have been there as well. I mean, let's be quite honest, we're living in some interesting times with a global pandemic and all this unrest that the world started to unravel. You can pick a multitude of things over the last year or two, even things that are happening right now in our country and in our world, that can make us angry because of the injustice and things that are just wrong and not how it should be. So what do we do with that? If we're followers of Jesus, particularly, what do we do with that? Do we let our anger run wild, or do we just simply turn it off? Are Christians supposed to never deal with anger at all? What would Jesus have to do with this? How would Jesus handle anger? This is what we're looking at today, particularly John chapter 2. And if you've been with us, here's an interesting thing. We've been going through on Sunday nights the book of John asking this question of who Jesus is really. And what I mean by that is that we, Jesus is seen in Scripture. And we can learn a lot about who Jesus is through the interactions and the story that we see in the Gospel of John. So the Gospel of John ultimately is concerned about who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, and particularly how people interacted and responded to that, both positively and negatively. Today we see a very interesting story in the second chapter of John. And particularly, it's about Jesus getting angry. See, John 2, 13 through 25 has this really interesting story. It says basically this, is that there's a Jewish Passover, which is a massive festival in Jerusalem, so tons of people coming into town. And Jesus goes to the temple, and in verse 14 it says, In the temple he found people selling oxen, sheep, doves, and he also found money changers sitting there. And verse 15 says, After making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple with their sheeps and their oxen. He also poured over the money changers' coins and overturned the tables. He told those who were selling doves, Get out, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. See, this is interesting because Jesus definitely gets angry at this. And even notes, uh, John even notes that his disciples remembered that there was a prophecy that said, zeal for your house would consume him. Jesus gets angry. It's weird, right? Like some of us sit here and look at this and we're like, can Jesus even be angry? I mean, God is love and Jesus is God. And we believe that's true. Can, can Jesus be angry? 
Well, I think first we have to recognize what anger is and what it's not. And particularly, we can be, uh, more or less, let's put it this way, anger and love can coexist and can be compatible. And sometimes genuine deep love is demonstrated most by anger. I, my thought would be this, is that I have a daughter now and, and a wife, and that if you mess with them, I'm going to get angry, very angry, because I love them so deeply. Someone said it like this, that spineless love is hardly love at all. And I think that's very true. It doesn't matter how much you say you love someone. If you sit there and let them get abused and neglected and hurt and you don't get angry, well, maybe you're not really that much in love. I think we have to ask ourselves and recognize that Jesus is angry here. But why is Jesus angry? He's angry because these people have done this thing to the temple. See, there's a lot of context here we've got to understand. First off, the Passover was a big deal. It's a national festival. And it's so important that if you live within 15 miles of Jerusalem, you had to come. Uh, many people would come even further away than that. And there were all sorts of things that went, but a usual typical routine of rolling into Jerusalem for this festival would go something like this. You'd arrive in town, you'd go to the temple, you'd pay a temple tax, which was part of the festival. You would offer a sacrifice to God, and then you would worship God at the temple because that's what the temple was for. And we see here, though, we've got some people who've decided to make some money off of this huge crowd coming in and make it a little easier for people by selling the animals at the temple and being able to change money for maybe people who were traveling through who weren't Jews but were in the town for the festival. This makes Jesus really angry, though. And I think we first have to recognize that he's not necessarily angry at people having businesses. That's not true at all. What he is angry about, though, is the fact that he, they've taken the temple and corrupted it. They've turned it into this thing that was more about making money and convenience than it was about worshiping and meeting with God. I don't know about you, but I've never gotten so angry that I make my own weapon to do something about it. But Jesus is angry here. There's no doubt about that. He does exactly that, making his own whip and running these people out, turning over tables. But it's interesting too, right? This entire story shows how intentional Jesus is in this whole thing. He doesn't lose his temple, temper. He's uh, not out of control. He doesn't fly off the handle, but he is angry. And he's displaying what anger looks like without sinning. And here's the hard thing is we very rarely get that right. Scripture shows us in other places that we are to be careful not to sin when we are in anger because all of us have flown off the handle before. I know I have. And we end up letting it kind of take control and leading us rather than us harnessing it. The reason that Jesus doesn't sin ultimately in this anger is because of the why he's getting angry in the first place. See, these people who he's running out of the temple have corrupted and twisted the entire purpose of what the temple is about. See, the temple was made to meet with God. And they were ultimately turning it into something that was more of a checklist and a money-making venture than a place to meet and worship God. They were trivializing worship of God. And even worse than that in some ways is that where they were set up was where non-believers could come and see and worship God as well. And this would be really bad because you rolling into town because of the Passover want to know who this God the Jewish people worship, who they esteem and wrap their life around so much. 
and they go to the temple, and all they see are people selling things and changing money, and worship isn't the focus. It's all about making money and making it convenient. Ultimately, they probably would have came to the conclusion that the God of Israel was less of a God and more of a prop just to extort money from people. And ultimately, I think we have to understand that the reason Jesus gets angry is because of how we're treating worship. And this applies for us in a few different reasons. One, we really have to recognize that when we get angry, a lot of times the motive behind our anger is not really that important. Do you get angry over things that God would get angry about? Or do you get angry over things that annoy you and your own small-mindedness and small perspective? I don't say that in some self-righteous way. I know I fall into that a lot of times. I get angry, and I have to constantly check myself and ask myself, am I angry because of the right reason, or am I just angry because of something I've decided? Another bigger question maybe for all of us is simply this, is like, would we be ran out of the temple if we were there? Let me ask you the question that kind of goes along these lines. When you show up at church on Sundays, or when you go to worship, why are you there? It's an important, good question we all should wrestle with and ask ourselves regularly, because Oftentimes, if we're not careful, it all becomes about us, about what kind of music we like, about what kind of preaching we like, about what things we like, about how we can profit, whether, maybe not financially, but some other way. What does it give us? What do we like and not like? What do we get out of it? And I think we have to recognize that we're trivializing worship when we do that. That we may be walking the path of a lot of these temple merchants, acting like people that Jesus may chase out because of righteous, correct anger that we're trivializing and making worship about ourselves and not about God Almighty. As Christians, we have to recognize that worshiping God is about God and not about us. And ultimately, we have to refuse and lay down self-worship, or we're going to end up on the uh, end of God's anger for that. You know, this seems like a sad dire, depressing note, but the reality is, is the gospel's good. And the good news is that Jesus came so that we could get this right. Jesus came to help restore and renew us, to help us point us to correct true worship, to help us understand what things are correct to get angry about and what maybe isn't, to help us understand that worship is not about ourself, to help us understand that there's hope in the gospel because Jesus came to save us, restore our relationship with God, that we can actually know God, that we can meet with God. That's great, wonderful news. But we need to ask ourselves, if that's true, and we say that's true, are we coming to meet with God or are we coming to do something else? Wherever this finds you this week, I want you to be encouraged to know that Jesus is for you. The hope of the gospel is for you. And that We need to just examine ourselves, not because there's some like, you know, we're always getting it wrong, but recognizing that there's grace here, that Jesus is calling us into life. It doesn't always feel like life, but it is real life. It's not this pseudo Instagram thing. And whether you're a college student or adult or anywhere in between, we need to check our emotions. And when we get angry, particularly ask ourselves, are we getting angry for the right reasons? And the other reason is asking what we're doing, the motives behind what we're doing, particularly when it comes to worshiping God in church. 
would those end up making Jesus angry at us because we're trivializing things? It's a good question to ask. It's a good question to examine and go before Jesus and find out. I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back next week. Peace.